Are you paying too much for your home and auto insurance? At Caleb Holloway State Farm, you're one quick click call and quote away for some serious savings. Visit www.calebholloway.net or call 706-406-2111 for all of your home, auto, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, Caleb Holloway State Farm is there. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob, and you, sir, are? I'm Andrew. I'm back. How's it going? We have uh, we can add Mr. Tony Metcalf to the list of repeat offenders. That's right. Tony, welcome back to the show. Good to be back, guys. All right. And also, last but not least, uh, we want to uh, bring in Mr. George Lockhart and Mr. Dan Leith from Lockhart Leith Nutrition. What's going on, fellas? I can't believe you're here. I know, right? <laughs> it's good what's up, guys? How is everybody? How is everybody doing? Excellent, excellent. Hey, before we get started, I wanted to uh, quickly, man, I'm not to embarrass him, but man, we have to give a huge, huge congratulations to our brother, Dan Leith, who got his brown belt in jiu-jitsu this I week. I saw that. Nice. Congratulations, yeah. man. Oh, thank you, guys. Nice. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys you guys just opened up that school, uh, the Gracie Baja School. We did. And uh, you, you've, you've, you've got over 100 members now? We're crushing right? it. Yeah. Yeah, that's and right. It's, it's all Dan, man. It's and all it's on Dan. freaking yeah, awesome. We're, we're Good job, it. man. Oh, no, man. It's a team, you know, and uh, it wouldn't be happening without Tony and uh, – it's been a pretty incredible year, you know, in spite of everything that's been going on to, to for us to reach 100 members in a year was really special. So, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Everybody's ready to get out of the house and start learning how to t- to fold people's clothes when they're still on their backs. So, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's a good time of year to start learning how to strangle people. So, that's you know. right. That's right. It's a good deal. All right, George, how you doing, sir? Doing great, man. It's uh, cool, you know, getting to see Tony again and, you know, meeting you guys in uh, kind of my old battlegrounds out here. I used to fight out here in Rome, and that's it's funny. That's how I actually met Tony. Which, yeah? Yeah, that was that was nice. I, I always say, like, I and I had uh, I had a little run. I used to used to dabble in a little jiu-jitsu, and I had a school, and uh, and I always tell everybody that in the, in the jiu-jitsu game, you meet lifelong friends. You really do. And uh, Tony, that's where I met Tony, actually. So we met at uh, Battle of Rome, 
uh, and Tony's been a friend of mine ever since. So, uh, so that's awesome. So you, so you fought me in the big, uh, the big forum over here. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I let Tony tell you that story because he wasn't a, a friend of mine at the time. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> Tony, that sounds like a good story. By, by all means, tell that story. So this time I met George Lockhart. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> you might remember this, uh, Rob, but there was a guy in Georgia at the time that literally a monster nobody scott harper yeah still around man if scott listened to this love him man great dude nobody would fight this dude nobody local would fight this dude no one close would fight this guy so i get this call one day from this guy named mike elwood who's one of my best friends one of george's best friends mm-hmm. uh, and he tells me he says uh hey i got some marines training down here at um down here in north carolina and uh he said uh got i got like five or six fighters he said we, we're trying to get on cards and i said um <clears throat> i get this guy scott harper 205 pounds i said and I was honest. I said, uh, a lot of promoters aren't honest. I said, nobody will fight this guy. He goes, I got a guy that will fight him. <laughs> and, he said, uh, and he said, this guy's 185, but he'll, he'll fight him at 205. Right. He'll fight this guy at 205. And another cool thing we can talk about later, but George has fought at heavyweight, light heavyweight, middleweight, Welterweight. Hey, welterweight, yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess that's how you become the best weight cut guy in the world is you fight you fight in every single weight. Right. So, you uh, see what it takes to exactly. get there. You fight in every single weight. That's how you become the best in the world. But um, 100%, I always tell the story. Uh, I brought George Lockhart into Georgia to get his ass kicked. Oh, my God. Because no one would fight this guy. No one would fight Scott Harper. So Robbie, well, you know Robbie Ramey. Yeah. You know, one of our me, – me, Dan, George, one of our best friends – Robbie is. Robbie said, "Did you see Scott Harper's opponent?" And I said, "No, I have not." He goes, "Scott's in for a long night." So I go and look, and this guy looks like he stepped off the Mr. Olympia stage. He's supposed to be a 185 pound fighter, but at 205, he has an ounce of nothing that resembles fat on him. And it turned out to be a great fight. It wasn't a cakewalk. I mean, no. but he he beat Scott Harper, and then he becomes a star in Georgia. Yeah. George becomes a star in Georgia. And then like, I feel like without me, George's whole life is different. That is a God on his truth. That's so funny. I quickly developed a bond with George and George and I became friends. And like, um, and like, uh, I had an opportunity when the American fight league was going national. I had an, I had an opportunity to, um, pitch them a few fighters and, and, um, you know, guys like uh, Brent Weedman and guys like Douglas Lima mm-hmm. and, and, of course, George. I took George to them. And, you know, and, and most people think of George as, in my mind, the best nutrition mind in combat sports. Um, shortly behind him is Dan Leith. But but uh, this guy won a world championship with the American Fight League. He's not just some, you know, he's he likes to say he's the food dude, but this guy's, a, you know. But, but getting back to our meeting, man, is it, it's weird how – a chance meeting, like I, a guy reaches out to me, has a couple of fighters, we bring him in. And I'm obsessed with that quote by Jim Rohn about us being the average of the people we spend the most time with. So um, if you spend time with losers, you're probably going to be a loser. Yeah. You spend time with winners and like good people, good human beings, people that are doing things. And I spend time with killers. My inner circle are these two guys, Robbie Ramey, Chad Hollander, yeah. you know. The, well, conver- the conversation is much different. It's, right. When you sit with winners, right. the conversation is much different. But, uh, but yeah, no, and then and this, this has went on to, like, you know, you got Dan on the phone. I became partners with George and Dan, and Dan and I hadn't physically met each other. Now Dan's one of my best friends in the world. Dan and I have owned a couple businesses together outside of George, you know. So so it's it's weird how things spawn like that, and, you know, you you end up like you're – the, the people that you surround yourself with. And it's just like a chance meeting. And George and I were talking about this when we were eating lunch just now. It's like, 
most five of my seven best friends, you know, Mike, Brian Brown, Dan, him, five of my seven best friends are because I brought George Lockhart in to get his ass kicked. Yeah, and it did not. <laughs> it didn't it work. Backfired. It backfired. <laughs> yeah. Where did where, where did where did he bring you in from? Uh, so I was stationed in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Okay. So yeah, I came in from there. And, you know, <clears throat> it is funny that I would have a completely different life if it wasn't for Tony. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because <laughs> it's like a 50-50 street. He was there when I proposed to my first wife, and then he was at my third wife's uh, wedding <laughs> oh with me as a groomsman. Yeah. He was a groomsman. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, do I do I you know get on you because if you weren't if you would have never introduced me, I, I would have never got married to the first woman. Yeah. Um, but it eventually rolled around and I got to the right one. So right. things are good, man. It's been a blessing, um, you know, getting to know Tony and, you know, and, and everything. You know, obviously you guys have had him on before, you know, his knowledge and just life experiences, uh, people skills. But yeah, it's funny just with him and uh, Dan, it's like two different worlds because I didn't know Dan at the time when I met Tony. And it's just like seeing all these worlds just kind of connect and uh, come together and seeing successful people get successful together yeah that's 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 the coolest part about it is i noticed another thing too is uh you know you know i've always kind of i've kind of kept in touch with you over the years and stuff and um tony's always rooting for you man like <laughs> like there's always people out there that don't want to see you succeed and they're not happy for you're happy and uh tony metcalf's not one of them man this guy's like rooting for you every every and that's something i said after the first time i met tony yeah. and he was he was interested to get me on that meal plan and all that and i said like, you know Tony's Tony's a guy out of the root for you. Yeah. There's not many people out there like that. No, dude. People, I want every, why can't we all win? Yeah, we're not, we're not yeah. competition. You're I want exactly us all right. To win. You're exactly I want right. Us all to win. You're exactly right. But I even, I, I've, I've, people have been around me that, you know, you got to watch those people that don't clap for you when you succeed. Love and, that. And, love that quote. And, and 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 it's true quote because those those people, man, I, and I know a lot of them. I know a lot of them. Oh yeah, shake your hand and smile right in your face. Yeah, yeah those folks. So yeah. yeah. I know a lot of them, and it's you know it's it's refreshing refreshing to yeah, find they, people you know, aren't like that. Isn't that a um, isn't that a um, reflection of themselves? That's them looking in the mirror. I mean, right? it is. That's a reflection that they're unhappy with themselves. So they, it's almost like if um, if you're doing well, like I'm excited that you just got engaged. You're my boy. I'm excited. Like Thank I'm you. excited. Thank I'm excited you. for everything. Yet, so. I know you're doing good, man. I'm proud of you. I'm excited for everything <laughs> good that happens to my friends. I'm excited. I still don't for, know how I did it. I'm excited for good things that happen to good people that I don't know. But yeah. I, but I think to myself, like a lot of people, if you're unhappy with where your life is, it's hard for you to be and sad. But it's hard for you to be happy for other people. Right. But if maybe if you start looking at at life with a little through more of a positive lens, then maybe your life changes too. I believe we were talking about this. I'm not a religious guy. But I believe you. I believe in energy, and I believe you put out positivity, you get positivity back. I believe you put out shit, you get shit back. Hundred percent. I so agree with that. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So, George, I'm going to ask you. Uh, now, you, what was your MMA record? <sighs> Not very good. Um, no, I was. I, mean, no, I was, dude. Yeah, I was, it was. I was, well, I was 13 and seven. The last, my last three. I think 170 might have been a little too light for me. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah, I got you. <laughs> Who's the toughest dude you ever fought? Um. Toughest dude I've ever fought. Man, you know, I would have to put um man, that's a tough one. I would I would say George Allen uh was probably the tough. He's the guy I had to fight for the AFL world title. Um George is all credit to George, he was on his way out. I think God, he was like thirty nine or forty, something like that. You know, and I'm I'm but he had fought everybody. I mean George everybody. Had fought everybody. Keith Jardine, he, oh, fought, yeah. he fought everybody. 
You know, and I'm yeah, like, be fighting at forty at that level, dude. Bro. You can't. I mean, good I mean, Lord. there's a handful of folks that can still. I mean, that's amazing in itself. Yeah, oh, he's a beast. Well, you know, well, the next thing I know, I mean, it's a five round fight. So I'm thinking, uh, like, you know, I lost the first two rounds. Brian Stan was in my corner. He's like, bro, you don't win these next three. This is over, man. And I was like, <laughs> thanks for the pep talk, bro. Like, yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Not Which, much has changed, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, but it was uh, it was great. But yeah, I'd say George Allen probably be the toughest man. Okay. He just amazing i mean this guy's fought shoney carter he's fought i mean he's fought legend george yeah. fought some legend so to say that the local guy was the toughest guy it's pretty impressive yeah, yeah. oh definitely well what what made the switch for you to get into the nutrition game uh what was what was this where was the where was that point where you you, you took a step into that and yeah. now you've been so <clears throat> like you guys have been so successful you and dan have have got this nutrition yeah. thing down pat and everybody's trying to work with you and i'm talking about everybody from Conor McGregor to DC Tyson to, Fury. to Tyson Fury. I mean, everybody's working with you guys. Yeah, no, it's a it's and it's been a blessing. And it just kind of I wouldn't say it only happened by chance, but it's like uh, uh, I always tell a story with Brian Stan. Me and him were training together back in the day, and um, I won the AFL World Title. He, he won the WC World Title, but the UFC bought out the WC. Yeah, so he had to move over to the UFC, and he was at two hundred five. And I was, you know, I always make the joke, you know, he's like a T Rex, got a huge head, got no. No length on his arms at all, you know? Right. Uh, so, you know, we're basically like, man, you got to go to 185. So, you know, we bring him down to 185. You know, he, you know, like, he, he was like, dude, I don't know how to do it. I was like, I'll, you know, let, let me let me help you out. Help him out. Um, does really well at 185. You know, I think he was, uh, his last fight was his Vondelay, but he got, he was like seventh in the world in the UFC. He was an amazing fighter. Mm-hmm. And one of the best fights you'll ever see. But, um at that time, he's like, hey, dude, he's like, I got a buddy that needs help with a cut. I'm like, sure. So I showed up five weeks. I'm like, yeah, who is it? And he's like, uh, his name's John Johnny Bones Jones. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. But I didn't, oh, yeah, I didn't, that I, guy. At the time, I didn't know. Like, sure, I, was like, yeah. I was like, cool, bro. Like, yeah, absolutely, man. And then, you know, next thing I know, people are talking. And uh, then um, I go to work for this place called Martial Arts Center of Excellence in the Marine Corps. And they have a combat conditioning program. And a lot of the stuff you do with fighters, you do for Marines. Like, you have to make a specific weight and you have to have you have performance standards so it translated very well over in, into that in, into that field but uh i met dan dan was actually uh, one of my students i was i was an instructor trainer and he was he was one of when i say my student like it, it sounds weird he was he was uh, somebody that went through the course when i was instructing i got you but uh yeah you know that's <laughs> the right word buddy i still am a student of yours. <laughs> so well, you know, in the Marine Corps, it's like we have a very different mentality. Like, if I don't mess with you, if I don't fuck with you, then I don't like you. And the more I like yeah. you, the more I'm going to fuck with you. Right. So let's just say me and Dan, we really like Dan. And, you really like me a lot, guys. <laughs> really what like trying to say. <laughs> I just, I just one, one Marine Corps story, and I'll drop it, man. But we're, uh, we're on this, it's something called the battle course. The thing's hard enough as it is. It, it literally takes all day. It's a culmination of all stuff that we've learned. It's just fighting, fighting, fighting all day long. Anyway... When there's weapons fighting, you obviously they have to they have to wear helmets, right? In the Marine Corps, they they gave us this stuff as CS gas, basically the stuff you know you mace people with and everything else. Well, we sprayed like the helmet has your names on it, so we're in the back of this truck. I'm like, where's Leaf? Where's Leaf? We find his name and we just spray the crap out of his helmet, <laughs> oh right? God. So they they, they run. filled my helmet with pepper spray. Oh, <laughs> right. so oh my god, bro! And then it was hilarious <laughs> because it's like. They were doing weapons fighting. What you have to do is you have to, like, they'll call out the names, and then you turn around, and you haul ass, and then you literally just start beating the living crap out of each other with weapons, right? 
Well, Dan put his helmet on, and we were just like looking at him. <laughs> and like when sweat culminates, and that sweat gets into your eyes, it's just like, like you see, like Dan's just like his eyes are red as all get out. And then like Dan, dude, runs out of object. I feel sorry for the poor bastard because Dan was like, I mean, he's a, he's a controlled fighter, but at that point, in Juncture, he's like surviving and just beating the living shit out of this poor guy. But uh, good times, man. Good. Friends. And we've been friends ever since. Guys. <laughs> I mean, we got friends like that. Best friend. Yeah. Best friends. That's your best friend, Dan. That's, That's, crazy. Right. That's how you chose your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I never said I was that smart, you know. <laughs> so now you guys, you guys are together, um, and you guys start working with, with the different fighters. And you, when you work with John, um, was he when he was whoever he was in the camp with? Were they just not getting his nutrition right, or is, is it was it just something that he was struggling with, or? How did, how did that how did that take place? You know, I, I don't want to. Uh, I know you're not. I don't want you to bag on anybody. I, no, no, I, no, 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 no. Uh, you know, it's. Um, I, I don't want to. If you want to, you can. sound arrogant <laughs> as hell. But like at the end of the day, like when I showed it, it wasn't that there was anybody that had a nutritionist, like in MMA field, you know. Um, and I think that's one thing that me and Dan really brought to the community is like everybody has a nutritionist. Everybody that is in the UFC right now, every champion, is literally working with somebody that we've taught. Mm -hmm. went through our certification or works with us. You know what I'm saying? They might not be with us anymore, but they learned how to do what they do. And like, you know, at the end of the day, like we don't all see eye to eye with all of them. Mm -hmm. But the whole point of me and Dan doing this was to help fighters out, you know, and and make things safer, create a real quality product to help fighters, you know, with their you know longevity of not only their career, but their life. Um, And to say that, like we went over to boxing. I never got into boxing because I figured they already, I mean, it's been around for years. For centuries. Yeah, you would you think know? they had somebody. Bro. Not so much. Holy crap. I was like, dude, you guys are worse than MMA. But yeah. the one difference in MMA and boxing, I'll tell you, though, is that uh, an MMA fighter will be like, hey, bro, I only got 20 pounds to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, cool. Uh, a boxer would be like, bro, I have five pounds. He's like, I don't want this to be a hard cut. You know, like, you're like, wow, mentality is completely different. Yeah. Like, five pounds for these guys, you know, like with MMA fighters, you're looking at like 30 pounds in like a three-day period, you know, so... It's a lot different. You got a lot of MMA guys too. This this kind of been through. Uh, I would say the majority of MMA guys probably wrestled at some point, and so they're when they were younger, so they were used to those old school, uh, really unsafe uh, ways to cut yes. weight. So uh, you guys come in, and the thing that you're doing, you're cutting weight, and again, we're we're talking about keeping people healthy, keeping their energy levels high, and letting them perform at a maximum. Uh, they're just performing their at a maximum. Best. Yeah, they're, they're performing at their best. And that kind of answers the and question. Half dead. That kind of answers dead. questions I was going to ask. You know, I'd, I'd heard you'd, you've probably helped over 500 UFC fighters. Oh, yeah. I think was the word, is, was the number you used. And you, I think when I listened to the, the last thing I showed you what I was listening to, and you were working currently with over 100. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Okay. No. Is that still now? No. So I, God honest truth, I don't deal with a lot of MMA anymore. We have guys that we like. Like I said, we were kind of moving over into the boxing community. I got you. you. Know, we just got that. Our guy John John Poppy just got done working with Josh Taylor. I don't know if you guys follow boxing very much. He just won world title. Um, I just got done working with Billy Joe, and before that was uh, Caleb Plant. So the. I guess the multitude isn't there because at the end of the day, like the way that the business works, it's like, um, I, I wish we could go to the guys that aren't making a whole lot of money. And I will tell you, boxing has more money in MMA at the top level, but 
there's guys that I've worked with, right? Because uh, one of the guys that manages us, he's like, hey, can you go talk to this fighter? I'm like, yeah, I'm already there. Like, I'm, why wouldn't I help as many people as I could? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not even going to tell you what he was doing. Like, good God. I was like, man, I don't even know how you're going to fight like this. But at the end of the day, I, I was, you know, I was asking kind of like what their purse was. And he's like, oh, I have to pay to fight. What? I was like, wait, what? I was like, he had to pay 3000 to get on that on the card. Mm. I was like, holy crap. So, like, we can't. Here's the thing. Like, we want to help people. But at the end of the day, it's still a business. Sure. You know what I mean? So right now, it's like we work with the champions that gives us that notoriety, just like we did in MMA. And then we, we certify people. Now, we actually we have an online certification that we just, we just launched. It was a couple of months ago. And people get certified. Now, what happens is, like, once they get certified, there's a level two certification. So let's say uh, someone's like, I want to get certified. It's the practical application part. So they'd go out with someone like John Poppy, and they'd work with Josh Taylor directly mm-hmm. under the guidance of Poppy which in turn would give us the ability to be like, hey, man, like we just call people up. There's people, we don't make any money off this. You know what I'm saying? But we call someone like, hey, they're certified. There's a fight that's in that vicinity. Can you make it to that fight? Boom, they do it. And it's like, then we're helping fighters. We're not losing money. Right. So long-winded answer. But how many uh, no, no, no. How many people, we, uh, what is the number now, George or Dan? Like, Because uh, when they're talking about this certification, it's, it's, it's crazy for you to think like there's so many nutritionists out there working that have been certified under Dan and George. Like, what, what's the number now, guys? That number's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, we've done, like, so we've done a certification in Ireland alone with 150 people at one time. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, I mean, we got a picture on it. It's, it was, man, it was a great time. It was an awesome time. It was funny because the language barrier, you, you're like, well, we both speak English oh, now. for sure. I got my voice, and then I was like, what did you guys say? You guys got to slow down. They're like, you got to slow down. <laughs> it was a great time. But, I mean, with the, the online certification, um, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I know we sold a few hundred within the first month like month or two you know so we're getting it out there people are understanding like in the, the certification itself it, it shows everything like we put everything into it it's not like oh we're gonna hold this out and pull this out because we want people to understand how to do the weight cut even if they don't work with us you know they work with their teammates or they work with uh the, you know if they're coaches and they want to work with the, the actual school um yeah, man, you know, they, they, they have that ability and, you know, a lot of people, we have, I have, I haven't got one bad review from it. Everybody's like, just the coolest oh, course awesome. ever. So, so what do you think you're doing, you and Dan and you guys, what do you guys think you're doing that is separate, separating you from the other guys out there doing what you do? Uh, well, you know, and I'll, I'll let Dan answer this too, but like, I always use this analogy with my dad, you know, my dad always said, he's like, my, my dad's probably one of the biggest rednecks you'll ever meet if you can't tell with me, but, um, <laughs> He's like, you know, 99% of people in this world can't read. And I was like, Dad, that is, that is bullshit. He's like, <laughs> that, all right. That number sounds outrageous. It's outrageous. Sound right. And I was like, okay. He's like, okay, we'll read this. You know, and this will tell you what kind of upbringing I had. I was like, that says Miller High Life, champagne of beers. And he's like, now, did you read that or did you regurgitate that? And he says, reading means I see a word for the very first time. And I know what makes an it, an at, or an all. That is reading. He's like, reading is not regurgitation of a word that I've seen before. And I rem- memorized it. And I'm like, well. I really hit home. I'm like, do I really know how to read? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I really don't. I still don't know how to read. But right. <laughs> with that being said, I took that and I applied that to nutrition. People are sheep. I hate to say that, but they're, they're very tribal. So it's like, uh, if you're on the paleo diet, you guys are your own section. Like, oh, paleo's the way. Keto's the way. Everything's the way. And they're tribal about it. Whereas I want to be like, okay, I want to understand the why. Like, How much weight, if you ask somebody that's been certified by an accredited uh, 
university or something like that, you're like, how much weight can a man lose per week? And then we'll say two to three pounds. And like, how much weight can a woman lose per, per week? And we'll say one to two pounds. And then you ask him the simple question, like, why? Why is it only two to three pounds? So I got a guy that's 500 pounds, he can only lose two to three pounds a week? Versus a guy that's 150 pounds, he can only lose two to three pounds? You ask the why, and they, they can't give you that why. Yeah. You know, I think that's what separates us. Like, if I'm doing something, if I'm pulling water at a specific time, my fighters can ask me, like, why are you pulling the water? I'm like, because this system, this system, and this system. You know what I'm saying? And they, we give them so much that they're like, holy crap. Whereas a lot of people are like, well, this is the way I've always done it. They just kind of randomly doing it. And it's the um, difference of one program fits all to individual. Exactly. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Then you could probably answer a little more. That means yeah, you've no, you got to do you, your homework on who you're working with then. Yes. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. No doubt about it. You know, and, and you guys all kind of hit on the same thing that I think is, you know, what, one of the major things among several that separate us is, is the genuine concern. You know, George and I, when we worked at the Martial Arts Center, uh, you know, Lieutenant Colonel Shisco was a, a great mentor of ours. And he used to talk about that all the time. You know, you have to have genuine concern for the people uh, in your charge. And in the military, that was our Marines, and now it's our athletes. Uh, as nutrition coaches. So for me, that's been one of the biggest things is uh, it's just our genuine concern for our athletes, the individualization. The, I mean, George will tell you this. We, we're, the, we're the food dudes, but, I mean, we do absolutely everything for our athletes. When I travel to work with a fighter, they don't drive to practice. They don't, they don't do anything. Their job is to eat, sleep, train. That's it. My job is to facilitate the way to do that, you know. Uh, and so those are things that have separated us and also just the evolution of what we're doing uh, in, in combat sports nutrition. You know, George and I had a really unique view being combat sports athletes who cut weight, uh, who had this strange obsession with nutrition and learning it, and, uh, went out and, and didn't do like sort of the, uh, I guess you could call it like the standard path to learning nutrition. We just went directly to very, very early in our careers uh most intelligent people we could possibly find for this very specific niche area of nutrition. Uh, you know, who is it out there that is studying uh, acute dehydration and, and rehydration standards for somebody that maybe in a third world country is dealing with dysentery or, uh, you know, who are the research scientists for Gatorade that are formulating the right electrolyte blends for people or, you know, all, just how far outside the box can we think and then how can we reach out to those people? And because we were United States Marines, man, it opens a lot of doors. People want to help you uh, help the troops, help the other Marines. And so George and I took advantage of that and learned from so many people really early on that, you know, it's maybe unconventional, uh, but it helped us formulate the system that we currently, you know, we currently use with the best athletes in the world. And it's a, a proven system over and over and over again that, you know, I credit George completely with developing, but I think, you know, the way that we were able to develop that and, and what makes our system so unique, what people seek out when they do our online certification is all that. Is that, you know, we had this really genuine concern and a really unique way to, uh, to fill this need for our athletes by experiencing it, cutting a ton of weight ourselves, seeing all the old, old school methodology, and then just sitting down together and going, okay, how, how can we make this better? What is the, the, you know, the best science in the world right now say that we should do? And how can we apply that to an athlete and make it something sustainable for that uh, athlete? Because that's the other part that's really challenging in any, not just with a fighter, but in, in nutrition in general, to be consistent uh, and to make it where it's, it's not so challenging. They're spending their whole fight camp focused on their weight rather than improving as a fighter. Um, and I mean, those are George Lockhart's words right there. He said over and over, but it's so true a lot of athletes we start working with them, they spend eight weeks in fight camp just focused on the number they got to be on the scale and not on being a better fighter. Fight camp, that's not what it's for. Fight camp's to help you prepare for your fight. So 
Uh, I think Georgia and I have helped, uh, helped a lot of athletes in that regard. But they're not focused on the number at all. They know they're going to show up beyond weight uh, because they work with us. So they can solely focus on uh, their opponent and the skills they need to have uh, to, to perform. Yeah, that takes a huge load off. You don't have to focus on a huge part of preparing for a fight. They just they worry about are they trained for their fight and not you guys worry about the rest. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You got yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well worth the. Yeah, yeah, you got. That's what I'm saying. Is I mean, the fight game. Let's be honest. It's a little mental. <laughs> so, if you can take yeah. that aspect out of not having to worry about cutting weight and really focus on honing your skills and and, and preparing for the person you're fighting, because the other guys you're probably thinking them of an both. advantage. Yeah, you're oh, giving yeah. them an advantage. Yeah, they a, they're a huge advantage already. Yeah. So, so yeah. the other guys fighting too. Yeah. And if you're using these guys, you're just fighting one. Yeah, and I'd be you know? ma- mailing donuts to his training camp. Pizza keeps showing up. Oh, bro. Going on? Not only well, that. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, when we first started doing this, and George and I were becoming, you know, more and more popular. Uh, you know, we used to be backstage doing all our rehydration with all the athletes. You'd see their opponents look over the corner, like, "What the hell do these guys have? Like, what is that drink they're drinking over there? What is this guy giving my? You know, like." Why don't I have that? Looking at their coaches, going, "What the hell are we?" You know, and it was funny. You could see. I mean, even fighters that eventually down the road we ended up working with, they would tell stories about, like, oh, "I remember seeing you with Cormier and giving him, you know, rehydration stuff and carrying his big cooler around for him and doing everything for him." And it's like, "Man, I, I need that next fight." And then you know, you see DC come out and be successful in the fight, and it, it just more and more fighters now. Everybody knows what it is. I mean, even like George mentioned, even the guys that trained under us and, and, and have their own nutrition companies. Now they still use the same thing. You see them at the rehydrate, you know, doing all the rehydration. They use the same protocols, the same free shakes, the same. but back when it first started, it was, it was like you said, a very mental, you know, a lot of the other, their opponents would see it and be like, man, you know, what, what is the secret sauce here? What are these guys getting that I'm not? And, uh, it was funny, you know, how it affected them. To touch on something uh, Andrew said really quickly, um, this is and this is straight. You'll hear Dan and I give some George uh, Lockhart analogies, but this is one of my favorite ones. Is like if you think about it, if you're a if you're a world champion level fighter, and I don't even know how many world champions that Lockhart Leith have worked with. Now it's it's more than I can count. How many is that? I don't know. You got a number? I don't. 20, man. Twenty. I'm guessing. I don't know either. Yeah. Twenty in MMA. But, but uh, the the analogy is, and, and you think about this, like when they came around, this whole nutritionist and all was kind of like kind of a new thing like everybody just kind of like you know damn damn was a really competitive wrestler as a kid and like talking about all the weight cuts and i remember seeing the kids cutting weight oh lord spitting, yes spitting into cups yes and, this and that but i'm um, running around with the bag the trash, on the bag bag. On trash right. bags yeah at I mean, eight years old yeah and you think about it yeah. and you and you and you think about the whole science now and uh and, and like i said completely stealing this from george but um if you're one of the top fighters in the world you got to killer striking coach you got a killer wrestling coach you got a killer jiu-jitsu guy you know so it's like now it's like why wouldn't you have why wouldn't you if you're going to henzo gracie and you're going to mark henry and you're going you know and you're working with all these amazing people or you're working at jackson's or whatever why would you not have try to have the best nutrition mind in the world yeah, you gotta and put the premium gas exactly in that race car, exactly it's sure. right and 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 as Dan will tell you, because Dan and I are actually car guys. George knows nothing about a car. I'm, I'm with you, George. Every I'm with analogy, you, George. My dad's every, a mechanic, thank God. Every analogy, every sweet analogy George has is a car analogy. So everyone probably thinks, like, George is just a gearhead. It's like, it's like where is he pulling these analogies? He doesn't even know where to put He'll say, yeah, if you got a Lamborghini, <laughs> and uh, you're not going to put 
shitty gas in it. Uh, not, I don't think George could figure out where where the gas goes in, in a Lamborghini. Lamborghini. I would hate it. I would hate it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not a no, literally, no. literally one of the most genius dudes I know, but he knows nothing about cars. But as soon as he's going to give you a good analogy, you know, you take a car. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, everybody, everybody knows in my circle that if you see a hammer in my hand, that somebody's life's in danger. I'm not about to work on anything. Right. So you're just pissed about something. I can make a sandwich, but that's about or fix a sandwich. That's about all I can fix. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's um, yeah, it's it's hilarious. But you know, the one thing we talk about, it's it's funny because a lot of people say it, but they don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? Because there's not instantaneous um, tangible that you eat. You know what I'm saying? It's like you can eat a grilled chicken and then you're like, oh, I got a six pack. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I always tell people, and the problem is they're victims of their own success because you have guys that are crushing and killing. They're like, dude, I've never missed weight, and I feel great. And I'm like, dude, I always tell us, you don't put shitty fuel in a Lamborghini, right? <laughs> right. But if I put top-grade fuel in a Honda and top-grade fuel in a, in a Civic and I put shitty fuel in a Lamborghini, that Lamborghini is still going to destroy the Civic and the Honda, but the, 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 whatever the one I just said. But <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's not – the fact that you can get away with it, it's not where you are, but it's where where could you be if you did eat this? And a lot of things that I, I try and tell people is that a lot of MMA, because it's, it's so uh, technical, there's so many skills that you have to, to, to fine tune, that older that people are able to fight, the longer they're able to stay in the game, the better they, they typically are. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, you know, Anderson Silva's like 37, you had Randy Kuehl, like all these guys are old because they've been in the game for a long period of time. So if I can get somebody to recover and keep those injuries down, it's going to elongate their career and give you a better chance of, of winning a title or, yeah. you know, or hell, just make it more money. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So um, I wish people would just take a look and it's just a different perspective. What's the what's the biggest mistake you see guys make? Uh, not even necessarily cutting weight for a fight, but just trying to lose weight. Not using Lockhart and Lee's. Well, I mean, there it is. I guess I guess. <laughs> just, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I'm asking more of you know. No, no, dude, it's a perfect question. I know exactly. you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely, yeah. The biggest, I think, okay. Big, uh, a lot of people, they don't know the difference between losing weight and cutting weight. And that's a big problem I have with fighters. You know, it's like you see a guy that's shredded during fight week and they're like, dude, he has no weight to lose. And you're like, right, but he's got a shit ton to cut because muscles, a majority of it is water. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the more muscle you have, the more weight we can actually cut off an individual. Now, losing weight, that that is a deficit. You have to be at a caloric deficit. So I always tell people and I try and, and try and show fires at the end of the day like to lose one pound you have to be at a deficit of 3500 calories right so if i have a fighter that has to cut just to say 10 pounds which would be a drop in the bucket if it was a caloric thing he'd have to be at a deficit of 35,000 calories nobody eats 35,000 calories during a week anyway you no. know what i'm saying so even if you starve through the entire week you still wouldn't make weight the final the, the final part is actually the the water that's coming off now when it comes to weight loss Big thing that a lot of people they uh, they do is they they use the scale, but they gotta understand that the the scale is a tool. If you don't know how to understand how to use a tool, you know it's not gonna be helpful. Just you know with a hammer. But right. uh, so you know the the thing is, is like people you know they'll be like oh, I'm up four pounds. I'm like dude, for you to gain four pounds, you would have had to eat an excess of like seven thousand calories or no fourteen thousand calories to gain four pounds. It's like if you did you, did you drink water later in the day? It's like, because if you drink a gallon of water, we know that it doesn't make you fat. But people don't realize if you drink a gallon of water, you step on the scale, you're eight pounds heavier. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that you gain that weight. And that's what people need to understand. They need to look at the true numbers. The number one 
rule when it comes to dieting and losing weight is simplicity and consistency. I always tell people I'd rather you follow 10% of my program 100% of the time than 100% of my program 10% of the time. It's like if the only thing that I can guarantee you do is drink a gallon of water a day for a year, you're going to get a lot more goals and achieve a lot more than if you eat clean, 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 and then you cheat, cheat, cheat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's the biggest, I guess, misconceptions and, and, and errors that a lot of people do when it comes to losing weight. I have a terrible story that I'm going to tell. Uh, I, I once was a personal trainer, uh, and uh, I was notorious for – and this is terrible, and I feel bad for my, for even saying this. And people are probably going to stop listening to our podcast, and we may even get canceled. But So I, so let's skip this story, yeah. Rob. No, no. <laughs> no, that's a good idea, Rob. No, no, no fuck it. I'm telling you. I would fire, okay, we're going I would, down in flames. I would, I would fire clients because oh. they wouldn't do what I told them to do. Like, yeah. it, it was just – it was – it was such a daunting uh, thing for me to to put all that effort into somebody and them not do the bare minimum things for me to get results, right. and then they come back at me bitching about how they didn't lose weight or or oh look I look the same well and I'll give you an example I had a I had a lady keep a meal log for me and I was like just let's keep let's take a look at it when uh, you know we'll, we'll 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 do measurements every other week we'll take we'll take a look I really didn't harp on people too much about weight. Really? I just uh, we try to we my thing was to lose inches. So the the way your clothes fit, the way you feel, the mirror, yeah. So so she uh, she would fall off the wagon a couple of times, and the last time she did, she went to Applebee's. And you were talking about people don't eat thirty five hundred calories in a. In a <laughs> I know, wait, when he said no one eats thirty five thousand calories, like he did, hasn't been around my, my family face? at the holidays. Did you see my face? <laughs> You've not been at my family. My, <laughs> Metcalf Christmas is happening. Right. She came in with her piece of paper and she was like, I'm really embarrassed to show this to you. And I didn't, I didn't like embarrass her. I didn't fat shame or anything, but I did have a serious talk with her after it. She had went to Applebee's, uh, and she was, she was, a um, what do you call it? An emotional eater, I guess. Yeah. So I guess she was going through some issues or whatever. And, uh, she had ate a whole thing of, uh, Applebee's. She went, she ate a whole thing of spinach and artichoke dip. So we all know where the calorie, what the calorie count is on that. Uh, then she goes and eats a whole entire thing of uh, what is it, Bourbon Street blackened chicken pasta, mm. and then she sounds good. And she finishes it off with a blondie Sunday. Yeah, that sounds and good I was, too. I was like, you had one, two, three, you drink six Dr. Peppers. <laughs> How long were you? There? And I'm like this, I, but you know that's the thing. You know when you're trying to work with people to help them, uh, it's such a mental block, and it's and you're talking about losing weight, you're talking about cutting weight, so. Uh, with fighters, I think they have more more of something to fight for it uh, to in the in the in the long run. And then here's here's my thing. This is uh, I used to think a lot like that. I'm like, is the purpose of and this is where our assert actually goes over a lot of this. I'm like, is the purpose of a coach to create a nutrition program that gets you to lose weight, or is my purpose as a coach to get you to follow it? That's what makes somebody a really good coach. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. To get someone to lose weight, I'm like, okay, eat grilled chicken, lettuce, avocado, call me in six months, all right? Dude, it's not hard to lose weight. You just got to eat less than that. Mm-hmm. That's like giving, like, financial advice to somebody being like, okay, you got to spend less money than you make. Call me back. You know what I'm saying? It's how do we do that? Showing them the steps. And I would say, like, a lot of times that nutritionists, they give a perfect program to an imperfect person, right? Right. A lot of people have behaviors. Like, they have these habits that's like they eat McDonald's every single day. They, they drink Dr. Pepper every single day. 
and you're like, you're going to go from zero to a hundred and see how effective that is. Nobody's going to be able to do that. And I always, I always use the analogy. I'm like, I get a guy that comes into the gym and he's like, dude, I want to bench 500 pounds. I'm like, good, good to go. So he gets under the bench, right? And I load it up with 500 pounds. And I'm like, you ready? <laughs> go. Boom. Okay. Nope. All right. Comes back the next day, the next day, the next day. Dude, he'd come back for the rest of his life. He's never going to be able to bench that 500 pounds. And that's the problem with a lot of people because they get beat down again and again and again and again because they're trying too much. I'm like, hey, drink a gallon of water. <laughs> well, that's too easy. Is it now? Can yeah. you do that for a year? Yeah, you know what I'm no but, doubt. But it's not easy. It's not easy. I'm doing it right now, and it's not easy. Yeah. It's the hardest part of my diet. <laughs> you know, when when Tony sent me the meal plan, you know, I was like, I can do all this. And Thank you for not putting tuna on it. That's the only thing I can't do. It grosses me out. But, and I know, I understand how good it is for you, but it's just one of those things that I can't, salmon, mahi, all that's great. But the meal plan was doable. And I thought, well, I can do this. And, you know, I started doing it and I thought, you know, the harder part's going to be preparing the meal and all that. No, hell no. The hardest part is drinking drinking a gallon of water a day. And it sounds so easy. You figured that'd be the easy part, right? You did because... Okay, a whole 20, well, not 24 hours, but how many hours you're awake, surely I can drink a gallon of water. No, man, it gets to 8 o'clock at night, and you still got a lot of water left, and you're thinking. About 8 ounces an hour you're awake is the way you look at it. Yeah. 8 ounces out, 8 ounces And then ounces you're waking up 15 times the pee. That's right. <laughs> man, it's it's harder than it sounded. Well, it was for me anyway. It was hard for me to drink a gallon of water a day. But yeah. it just depends how bad you want it, and I want it bad. So I fell short. In being a trainer with with, uh, with a with a person, no, no, that's not that's not what I say. You know, you hit, you hit, no, I did. I, I you totally the, did. You hit the nail on the head. This is one thing I always ask people: like, you have to have they have to have a why. If your why is greater than your how, you can accomplish anything. And the problem is, is that people's why is themselves, right? Yeah. Well, I want to, if you start with, I want to, dude, you're not going to make it. Reason being, because when you want to eat, you're going to eat because you are your why, mm-hmm. you know, if that makes sense. So that's one thing that like, I work with people outside of the, the, the fight community, the combat sports, because at the end of the day, anybody can eat perfectly for eight weeks. You got a fight camp, you know, you're like, okay, I going to be on national television. I got to make this way. You know what I'm saying? People can do that. But getting someone to do like a lifelong mental change, I uh, I always tell like I work on the why and I work on belief and I and I'll just just real quick and I'll, and I'll, I'll shut up. But no, like we get we get women that come in, but we get we get women that come in right like you know and it's like you got a woman that uh, they're overweight and you know like well um, George um, I need your help I'm like what's up what do you need they'll be like well I want to lose weight I'm like okay that's your goal and they're like yes I'm like okay do me a favor don't eat any food today don't drink any water weigh yourself tomorrow morning. And they'll be like, what, what do you mean? And I'm like, goal accomplished. You lost weight. And they're like, well, that's not what I mean. I'm like, well, tell me what you mean then, you know? Yeah. Then they're like, well, you know, I want to lose. How much do you want to lose? I'm like, I want to lose 10, 15 pounds. So I'll be like, okay, let's, let's, let me get this straight. If God came down right now and said, I'll give you any body that you want, you're telling me you would want to lose 10, 15 pounds? And they'll be like, well, no, like 60. I'm like, okay, all right, now we're getting somewhere. So I didn't ask you what you thought you could lose. I asked you what you wanted to lose. Now, what happens is, is when I'm when I'm doing this with people, I'm I'm getting them to sell themselves to me. So like, I'll be like, okay, so now we have a goal, right? Now, what's the timeline? They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, what's the timeline? How long do you want it to take? And they'll, they'll be like, well, well, it's realistic. And I'm like, what's realistic? I'm like, reality is whatever you make of it. I was like, I got guys that they cut 30 pounds in three days. Now I don't go over the signs and tell them like, they're going to gain that right back in the next 24 hours. <laughs> right. But but I'm like, you know, I got guys that lose 30 pounds in three days. I'm like, so how long? I'm like, what are you willing to do for me? And that's going to dictate how long it takes you to lose that this amount of weight and then they'll be like well i'll i promise i'll do this 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 and this and then i'll be like okay like 
if it isn't on the program and it enters your mouth, you're wrong. And it's going to delay, you know, but what I do is it's creating a belief. And I, I hate to say, you say you've done some bad things. Now you guys, luckily I'm not on the podcast, so you guys can't get counseled for this. But like, <laughs> I would, I would, I knew that so many women, it's like, they've, they've been down this road so many times. It's like, dude, they, they tried to lose weight. That's because nine, 99% of nutrition out there is based on men's Yes. anatomy right 99 yes. percent of propaganda out there is for women to look good in whatever it is and i'm like you know it's jacked up but but working with those women you know like helping them kind of understand like this is the way your body works this is why you're doing this this and this um and creating like i said creating that 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 faith you know so to tell you what i do is i'd um i'd be like right just follow my program for five days. What I would basically do is they would, they would be cutting water they didn't know it but they would lose like seven eight pounds they're like oh my oh, god Jesus. and then you're like See, I, you trust me now, right? I told yeah. you, I know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. You know, and then I'm like, but, you know, the, this this weekend you're going to go back up, you know, because this, this, and this. You know, they, okay. But as long as they believe you, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, have them believe. Yeah, because that's not bad. It's wherever you can get your motivation from. Yeah. I motivation, mean, you know, motivation phase. But it's like the, the purpose of a coach is for you to believe in me yeah. to a point and then get you to believe in yourself down the road, you know? And that's, I think that's the... The, the the biggest thing in terms of coaching that's literally what we try and teach in the the um the uh, certification so would you not tell them to find the fattest picture of themselves they have and put it on the refrigerator <laughs> fat, fat, are you saying to fat shame yourself <laughs> <laughs> okay that's probably a bad thing to do no no okay Dude, man, I don't hate that idea. Yeah, blow, no, blow, up, blow it up like, to full you, size, like I'm blow like, it up to you, refrigerator like, door size. I'm like, hey, I don't, I don't we, hate that we, idea. I'm like, we all know wherever going, you want to find your motivation. You're gonna, right. we all know you're going to die right. if you don't stop eating the way you're eating. Right. Take the worst fat picture you got, put it in the refrigerator. When you think you got to go in there and eat half a box of cheesecake bites, yeah. take a look at that picture, dude. I always say uncomfortability. I'm a terrible person. No, I'm no, bro. I'm dude, going to hell. That goes along with everything I tell people. <laughs> uncomfortability creates desire. Yeah. And desire creates change. Nobody's ever been like, you know, my life's pretty good. Let's, you know, I want to make some changes. You know, like, no, nobody's You're ever right. like, man, I right. look good. Let's, let's change my diet. No. So, like, uncomfortability. And that, a lot of times, like, I have to create that. And I've, dude, I've done some jacked up things to create uncomfortability, but for the love of the actual, you know, person, sure. like, dude, like, you, you got to feel uncomfortable. And it, it sucks because, you know, they'll be like, well, you eat this and they eat that. Like, why can't I eat like them? I'm like, here's the thing. I'm like, you, I always try and uh, correlate food and finances because a lot of times people will be able to understand one or the other, you know? And I'm like, let's say I got a guy that's making a lot of money. He has no debt. He's paid off his house, paid off his car. He's making investments. He can, he can spend money because he's still making that money. And I'm like, then I got this other individual. They're in credit card debt. They have all these payments that they have to do. I'm like, that's where you're at. You're in debt right now. So for you to actually pay off these credit cards, you got to pay off this stuff. You have to be perfect. You have to be very, very perfect. Now, the, the cool thing is realize that once you get out of debt, it's not going to be the same thing that you have to do to get out of debt. You're going to be able to change the lifestyle, you know? Right. And, um, just trying to like show analogies to people where they're like, oh, I can, I can relate to that. I can understand that, you know? Because if I try and get all scientific, well, the reason that you can't eat what they eat is because your digestive system's fucked up because you've been eating shit for the last 30 years. <laughs> That's what you want to say. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, donut at them. Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, like it might not help them, but. Uh, hell, that might work too, but. Um. <laughs> and that's what happened to me. I just got, you know, I'm on the road all the time, and it's so easy to eat lazy on the road. And because, man, there's only so, so many subways you can eat or so many subways you can go by and so many times I can stop. But, you know, me doing the 
fixing my meals at night and making my plates and I can even and eat that going down the road, you know, and just, it's just changing. And that's why I did it. You're talking about being uncomfortable. I got to the point where I was uncomfortable and I'm not going up in a pant size. I'm not going up. I'm not going up anymore in shirt size. No more done. I just got uncomfortable myself, pissed at myself. And that's why I'm going the direction I'm going now, you know, and I've lost almost 17 pounds yeah and then like me going around like walking around town or whatever and i like get three blocks down the road and i sound like a slee stack off a of land of the lost i'm like <gasps> yeah i was like i, I mean, gotta do something you just get, what's happening to me you just get pissed i just got pissed at myself what's going on yeah it's like uh it's easy, one of my favorite one of my favorite movies when uh in tommy boy when he when i can he, literally he, hear you getting fat yeah, when, he, when he's eating the fries he's eating the fries and shotgunning the ketchup behind him i can literally hear you getting, getting fat. fat that's the best line yeah. oh, that is so great oh my God. i love that movie great movie class well let's talk about some of the folks that you that you work with uh it's just a who's who uh and i wanted to ask you and, and if you can talk about it you're dan either one of you uh i didn't know um i'm just gonna ask uh you guys were working with khabib for a little bit and that, yeah, dan that, uh dan was working with khabib okay but not the fight um tyler was working with on that last fight Tyler was working underneath us okay during the mac it was supposed to be the max and, and khabib fight but. i got gotcha. you Okay, yeah. so y'all work with Khabib, and then uh, of course Max. Y'all working with uh, Connor? Yeah, uh, don't work with Connor anymore. What is that? What is that like working with somebody with a, with somebody that that big of a personality? Um, <laughs> how do I put this? You know, it's funny. I think uh, me and Dan, uh, we've been so passionate about what we do, we've never been awestruck by working with somebody. I got you. And for a lot of people like that are at that level, when they like they're used to people being like, Oh my God, oh, sure. it's, so, it's an amazing working with you. Yeah. When I show up and I'm like, okay, you know, like, what is your schedule? Like, what are you eating? What are you allergic to this, this and that? You know, like, cool. I'll talk to the it's coach. business. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's very professional, but it's like, I'm creating that comfortability and I'm creating that, like that confidence in, in the fighter. And that's one thing that I, I, I uh, teach people. Like when we go through a certification, I've worked with so many guys, they got so close with the fighter. I'm like, you're no longer a coach. You're a friend. And sure. people don't listen to friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I never, like with Connor, like I would never get super close or anything like that. It was like, you know, it was good. The one person, I've, I've jacked that up with two guys. I did that with James Vick and uh, Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. Like, we just clicked too much. Like, yeah. he's literally like one of my best friends now. Cool thing is, I'm never going to have to put that man in a bath where he has to cut weight. So, you know, guys, <laughs> anyway, we're, we're good to go. I just <laughs> saw where they, they're going to they're gonna do uh, Tyson Fury and they're – that would be my problem too if i read in your position i, I would want to I, I could be, i could see me being friends with somebody like tyson fury he's so easy to it's hard. Not, it's hard not to, man. Like uh, with with me, like he's got his guys with me. It's Max Holloway, hundred percent. Yeah, best dude in the world, man. We're still we're friends. We keep in touch all the time. I mean, great, great. You do. You can't help but yeah. like these. And some of these guys you think are uh, are you know some of these guys that come off as not. And what I would say about this is like uh, obviously Connor has a big personality. I mean, I sat in Connor's kitchen in Vegas while George was cooking for him, and actually. Quiet, kind of shy, kind of really? humble. I think he's. I think in a lot of regards, it's a lot just of times, when the red lights. On. A lot of times, yeah. Like when, the, when the when the lights are on, it's showtime. But uh, but a lot of these guys, man, like and a lot of the guys that come off kind of as not the nicest guys. Mm-hmm. In part, like the the one that got me was, and he's really tight with George as well. Is Jeremy Stevens? Like he's a mer- he's a monster, but yeah, literally the nicest, most thoughtful. Like 
anything you do, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like, and a lot of the guys are like, all right, just put it over there. <laughs> like some of these guys are like, the, you know, it's like the, their personalities are a lot different. But uh, for me, it's definitely, it, for me, it was definitely working with Max. Max is the, the best student in UFC. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because even if they're shy, they still don't know how to sell themselves. Yeah. You know? And choke seven shades of brown shit. Well, you got to know, what you're, you gotta know what you're doing regardless. Can we can we talk about uh can we talk about Dan Leith living with Demi Lovato, the pop star for yeah, a year? And, yeah, oh Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah. That, Dan, hey Dan Dan's a rock star on a level that we don't understand. I, and I also, no, no. I also want to point this out, Rob, your your uh, your your beautiful fiance's in the room. We are all glad Dan is not in the room because he is obnoxiously good looking. Oh. So he would, he would, you know, how it says your average R looks don't would not get better with Dan Leaf in the room. He's a he's obnoxiously good looking. So so, uh, but you know, he he he's in the rock star world. He's not even sure. a, he's not even a nutritionist to the athletes. He's a nutritionist to, to the stars, stars baby. Wow. Yeah. Now I know, like Demi's Demi's big in uh in the jujitsu, and uh, I know she at one point I think she thought about fighting. Was that, yeah. was that maybe not a good idea? But No, she got, you know, her management staff pretty much changed that idea she had very quickly. But, uh, no, I mean, she's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu. She got, uh, I think, her second strike a few weeks ago, actually. I, I got her a message. I saw she got promoted. But, yeah, she was really into it. I mean, she was into the fight game in general, you know, and that's how I met her. She was actually dating a fighter that was a client of ours, and mm-hmm. they, you know, he, he introduced us and, uh her and I hit it off, and, and yeah, it was it was an incredible experience. It was challenging. It was really unique. It's very different than working with an athlete, obviously, you know, and just different challenges when you're on tour and you're trying to cook for somebody living on a tour bus and uh, flying around on a plane trying to, you know, for what, what country you're going to be in, what access do I have, the things in the hotel. Like, it was just, it came with a lot of unique challenges, but, uh, but yeah, it was great. It was So you were traveling with her. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I traveled. All the world with her. I mean, we were in a different place pretty much every week. It seemed. That's you pretty know, cool. Not every day. Did uh, so? I guess that, that's that's. I guess that's a question I had is when you you transition from working with fighters and you go to work for somebody that's a little live a little bit more of a pampered lifestyle. I guess we could say. Uh, is it was that is that tough to do? Like, I mean, not so much with Demi, but with the people around her. Is it is it harder to get in and do the things? Is you there need a to wall do? you got to break down to get to that? I guess is what you got. Kind of what you're saying. Tell them, yeah. nah. tell them, tell them, Ben. Yeah, tell them the yeah, truth. Yeah, yeah, tell them. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, there there was. We yeah, want you to gut yourself right here on this show. <laughs> yeah. Just gut yourself. Imp- imp- impale yourself right here <laughs> on Cigar Story. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look. Yes, there was there was some challenges to do it, but once I, you know, the, the whole uh, relationship between her and I, how we how we uh, even met each other I, I was really just supposed to go out to work with her a few weeks for the grammys uh, i think in 2017 that was but i was only supposed to go for three weeks i went there uh i helped her with her nutrition and did some training with her she got in really really great shape for the grammys and i left and i went in camp with kane velasquez and i was living with kane and got a call from her manager and he basically just said look man like i don't know what you did different than everybody else but name your price we want you full time. Wow. Move your family to Los Angeles. You're the man. Wow. We want you seven to do it. Million dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seven million. <laughs> I did the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it was. It was unique getting there, and then having so many people, uh, like too many chiefs. You know, too yeah, many people that imagine. thought they exactly. Yeah, everybody needs their hand in the pot. Everyone needs to have some 
you know, opinion about something they don't know anything about. And, uh, it was, that came with challenges. The other unique thing with Demi, which this is nothing, you know, that's not, she's not very public about, but she had really, really bad bulimia, really bad eating disorder. Oh, I mean, I it was that. a gigantic struggle and she's done a lot of interviews on it now and, and talked about it openly. But when I worked with her, uh, you know, she was really in, uh, the grips of that eating disorder. I mean, mm. it was something that I had never experienced before. And so a humongous part of my role as, as her coach uh, was just helping her with her relationship with food and nutrition. I mean, we couldn't even use the word diet. It was, uh, you know, her eating disorder therapist like that is a triggering word that we don't use. And uh, so again, for me, we're working with fighters. It was such a difference that the fighters don't get triggered by anything. You can say whatever you want. Right. Tell me the information I need. Uh, be direct and help me accomplish the mission. But with Demi, it was very, very different. I'm right? thinking that to, I'm thinking you could not take Demi Lovato's fat picture and ask her to put put it on her fridge. No. <laughs> Probably would not go over too well on that. So, so like, you wanted her to punch you in the face as hard as she could. You, I mean, you know. <laughs> well, you know what, Dan, no. Dan's not telling you. Thank you for not telling him, Dan. Uh, so Dan was only supposed to be out there for a few weeks, right? Mm -hmm. And then I was going to come in while he was with Kane, right? So, um, yeah. so Dan's like, "Oh yeah, he's just like me. George is exactly <laughs> like me." <laughs> and, uh, dude, I showed up day one, and uh, one of the one of the people that I was working with, uh, Demi, called Dan. They're like, "What the hell were you talking about? You guys are nothing alike." <laughs> like, yeah. Dan, is, Dan is an eloquent, like like I said, never has a hair out of place, eloquent speaker, you know, phenomenal chef. I'm like, mm -mm, mm -mm, there you go, you know. Like, <laughs> Eat that, you know, and uh, that, that that worked about two weeks, and um, they called Dan back like, "Get back!" Like, so, I've got a, I got a, I got a funny. Uh, so of course, funny. this was relayed to me by Dan and them, and it's uh, it's um, maybe speaking out of class, uh, kind of comment, but so George is with uh, Demi, and um, and she's with all her friends, you know, and her friends are Hollywood friends and whatever, and by all accounts, Demi seems like a great girl. Dan has nothing but sweet things, like she's a good kid, says nothing but sweet things to say about her, but. They're talking about something, and somehow Trump came up, and oh, George is there. And George is there, and, uh, and one of her friends is like, I don't think I even know anybody that voted for Trump. And, of course, George's like, I voted for Trump. I remember Dan tell me, he's like, that's one time he could have just like been like, you know, just, no, 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 no. Like, yeah. Okay, yeah, you couldn't have I voted for Trump. said anything. Nope, you know, no, like, not George. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a really funny phone call to get. <laughs> Now you now you know out. a guy. It's like it's like every, yeah. yeah, it's like you were eating dinner with a serial killer at that point. It's just like what? No, a, serial, a serial killer oh, made yeah. the, a serial killer made the dinner. You're eating. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here you go. Oh, yeah. So it almost. I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. No, go ahead so it kind of sounds like you had. If she was having those issues, so that was that was a hill you had to get over. Was actually probably getting her healthy. Mainly. Before you started, like, yeah, you know, I mean, it was really just a day to day. Uh, I mean, I, I, when I say I spent every day with her, I mean, it's not an exaggeration. I spent 365 days on the, the year that I worked with her. I mean, it was with her every waking moment that she was doing anything. I went to the studio with her. I was at her house before she woke up, was there with breakfast when she woke up. I knew her schedule every single day. And when she went to bed at night is when I went home. And I mean, we would sit and do all of our like, you know, uh, intentional eating practice. I mean, every, like we would go through 
how you're feeling before you eat, how you feel about the meal I'm presenting to you. How do you feel after you've eaten the meal? I mean, and then it was like, you know, phone calls when she was having issues or wanting to, to purge some of the food and, and the, the bulimia was coming an issue. She would be calling. So I would go home and then it'd be like one o'clock in the morning. I'd get a phone call and she'd be like, I, I don't know what to do. I want to binge right now really bad. I'm really having a hard time with it. And then it's, you know, either going back to her house to help her or sitting on the phone and just talking with her about how she's oh, feeling wow. about it. And yeah. it was just such a, a, again, like a, a challenging undertaking, but, um, you know, the, the other big thing around it was helping her understand that like you, you can be consistent and eat healthy and, and build a sustainable and healthy relationship with food, uh, without having to torture yourself and, and be in this huge negative calorie deficit and eat nothing but what some Hollywood chef told you is the thing you're supposed to eat to cleanse your gallbladder or whatever bullshit they're mm. spouting to you. Um, and she just lived with so many confines around food. She was terrified of food, you know? And, uh, so it was all or nothing, right? It was like, I'm not going to eat anything. I'm just going to eat celery sticks and get a six pack. And then I'm going to eat, you know, two boxes of cookies. Um, and you know, then I'm going to feel guilty and then I'm going to want to throw those cookies up, you know? And so, um, so yeah, so it was just, again, it was just a very unique challenge yeah that's so that's yeah so that's a whole different challenge than it would be with a fighter is what we were talking about is the fighters you go into to train or help with their nutrition is they're pretty healthy as it is whereas you know bulimia is that's not healthy so that's a that's 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 a hill you had to get yeah you know i'll tell you too it was very educated like going through this whole process of learning uh about eating disorders and you know demi's doctors were were incredible you know i learned a ton from them and uh you'd be surprised how many how many fighters have like very serious eating disorder behavior you know because they they eat terrible outside of fight camp and then when they get into camp they diet like really really Strict, they cut weight very unhealthy and then they go the opposite direction as soon as the fight's over you know they're eating the thirty-five thousand calories we were talking yeah, about yes. you know a matter of a day or two and they just up and down and up and down and they don't have a, a health now this isn't all fighters but i saw it consistently at every camp i would go to you know you'd see these teams and uh you know i'd see fighters and like look in their car and you know it's just burger king wrappers and and cans of soda and all this stuff and and uh like, man you're a professional athlete what are you doing? Like, I'm not in flight camp right now. I'll do whatever I want, you know? And so it, there was a lot that I learned in that respect, man, where it was just a lot of these guys cutting weight and they're, they're when they get done, you see it not, not all the time again, but you do see it. It's like fighters will start to, when they retire, put on a ton of body fat and they just don't have any idea how to actually eat health and build a sustainable, uh, nutrition program for themselves that they'll feel good on and not become really overweight. And so, um, you know, um, yeah. So anyway, it just became a, uh, a big, you know, learning curve for me, um, with her. Dan, uh, I know you, if you, if you want to divulge some, Dan's got some good, uh, trying to keep DC out of his refrigerator stories. So those are, those are always pretty good. Or DC, DC eating chicken nuggets with his kid, his kids eating chicken nuggets and he'll just walk by and throw one in his oh, mouth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me and DC, DC's a legend. Yeah, DC's like, what are you doing? Man. Yeah. The very first fight camp I ever did with him, the first night there, uh, you know, his house, uh, his old house where we used to stay, you know, his bedroom was upstairs. I would stay in the guest room downstairs right by the kitchen. And the very first night, 
I didn't know DC at all. I mean, the guy's a light heavyweight champion of the world, very intimidating guy. He's nice to be, but he's an intimidating guy. You know, we get there and uh, I hear something in the middle of the night, like one o'clock in the morning, and I hear somebody rooting around in the kitchen. And I'm like, I'm just going to go check this out. Like, what? Well, <laughs> you know, and sure as hell, I mean, you catch him in the pantry, just eating a bunch of food. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, he turns around and I was like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just. Uh, getting some stuff together for my, my wife's, uh, or my, my kid's lunch. And I was like, yeah, okay, buddy. Like, get your ass back to bed. What are you doing? You know, I know exactly what you're doing. And he, it's funny like he's brought it up in interviews and all kinds of stuff in the past where he's like, yeah, no, I knew Dan was the guy the first day. Cause he caught me with my, literally with my hand in the cookie jar. And, uh, you know, it, it, we worked together ever since, you know, but yeah, no, I had a bunch of them with, with Corvier where I'm, He'd be trying to sneak food, and I catch him in the act, and you know, this big monster, you know, like heavyweight champion of the world, and he's just—it's like I'm looking at my seven-year-old, this wide-eyed. He's caught playing his day, and just—it <laughs> was great, man. But you also yeah. have to be the doorman at the pantry. I get it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's where, I had to put that's uh, an alarm on it. Yeah. Well, let's, one thing I want to ask you guys about is now I know you guys y'all prepare food y'all you actually cook food. So what is the where's your culinary background, sir? Where where are you learning to put these these meals together? Is this uh, is this I a practice. secret? Is this a secret or is it just a lot of hard work? I went to uh, Cordon Bleu. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Um, they taught me how to boil chicken and heat up a ninety second rice packet. So. Yes, in the microwave. It just I'm killer, killer in the kitchen. It's not. Yeah, man. I'll tell you when I went to go work for Demi, she had a private chef already, and the woman that was her private chef had won the show Chopped. On the oh, Food Network, wow. okay. she won the whole thing and was Demi's private chef. And they're like, well, we're going to fire her, and now you're going to cook for Demi. <laughs> like, well, I hope she likes boiled chicken. Like, I, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, yeah, it was, you know, and again, that was something that George and I spent a ton of time on trying to make ourselves unique, you know, is that, like, man, it's great when your nutrition coach uh, can provide you the fuel you need for your Lamborghini. But, man, like, when the Lamborghini is real excited about the fuel, it gets it makes it way easier. You know, yeah, George it does. says it all the time, but you eat with your eyes first. And, and uh, a lot of times like, yeah, you may be at a bit of a calorie restriction, but when you start learning cool stuff, like in the parts about vertical plating and learning how to make food look bigger, like the volume of food bigger than it actually is. Back to that, I think, you know, some of these fighters like, oh man, I can't finish all this food. And like, well, that's 400 calories, brother, but oh, okay. If your stuff, you know, and it, some of it is just it looks like more than it is yeah. or it's really beautifully plated. And obviously, it's got to taste good as well. But we spent a lot of time on that as we were studying and getting better and better. And, and our fighters rave about it. You know, that they, they, they really appreciate all the care that's given uh, to all those things. But, yeah, it was, for me, at least, it was just tons of practice. You know, my family was eating a lot of uh, trial and error dinners. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. This is good. I know we uh... – <laughs> I know I was watching, I forgot what, it was a UFC, uh, it was like um, one of the shows, it was a, a lead up to the fight. Like, embedded, a, like an embedded Yeah, 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 and uh, and I know you guys were on there, and you were, and you guys were cooking all this, all this food, it was, I was like, man, yeah. how could you not want to eat that all the time? Mm-hmm. I mean, we started calling it Fight Week Fine Dining. That's Bro, what we yeah, it. Fight I, Week Fine Dining. I will tell you, like, you know, like the dynamic between me and Dan, Dan, um, you know, it's a it's an awesome story that happened with us because like we met in the Marine Corps. We always you know, we always talked about doing this. You know what I mean? Um, so the opportunity arose. He had a, he had a great job already, and uh, 
Daniel Cormier calls me up. He's like, hey, I need you out. I'm like, man, I'm with, I was with Chris Iborg. I was like, I can't, I can't make it. But I was like, I got this guy. So Dan, anyway, I called Dan. Dan basically had to quit this amazing job and go out there. And I'm like, well, who do you have after Daniel Cormier? I'm like, nope, nobody. <laughs> I'm like, while you're out there, you got you to gotta shit some clients, man. And sure enough, it's like, you got uh, Punk Thompson. He got Khabib Nagamadoff. Like, you just start just like, boom, 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 boom. Luke, uh, you know, uh, Luke Rockhold. Like, all these guys. But the, the thing is, like, and, you know, after that, I'm like, dude, we're partnering up. And, um, like, well, what do you think the name should be? I remember I was, I was in a parking lot of an extended stay. And they were like, I don't know, lock, lock, he's like, Lockhart and Leith. I'm like, cool, Lockhart and Leith to this, done. You know, like, we, we might have put a little bit more time in the actual name because I feel like we sound like we're like a law firm. Um, but at the end of the day, like, the dynamic that me and him have, like, I used to be all about numbers and just like, okay, well, this is how much protein they need, da, da, da. And then I started seeing Dan cooking stuff. And I'm like, well, what the hell is that, man? You know what I mean? Like, he cut, like, I was like, dude, if I give somebody a mango, it's I'm slicing the mango, you're eating the mango, dude. He did this, like, weird thing where it's like, he, like, grab out like and like an apple like uh -huh. you turn this apple into like a work of art and i'm like all right man like this is crap but like i realized the pressure oh man the fighters they love it you know yeah. and and um i think you asked like what separates us like we keep evolving and uh, I'm thankful for Dan, like, that we evolved in that, the culinary aspect, which is hilarious. And I'm not trying to plug it constantly, but we're actually coming out with a culinary certification uh, later on this year. You know, and Dan's going to be a big part of that because he is such an amazing chef. He'll never tell you that, but he is. Oh, he's, when, I'm, when I stay at his house, when we're doing stuff for the, uh, for the uh, holding company we have, the commercial property in the, in the building in the uh, jiu-jitsu school, it's like, what are you cooking, Dan? <laughs> like we're usually on the run. I'm like, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Dan's cooking something. <laughs> well, that's that's obviously, you know, for sure the evolution of everything is is the growth of it. So if you're evolving, you're growing. If you're not evolving, then you're just dying fruit on a vine. So uh, yeah. So I know you guys are 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 really building a brand and a product that that is super beneficial to not only people in the combat sports world, but I mean people in the everyday real world too. So. Yeah. It's huge. It's a huge thing. Yeah, man. It's a, it's awesome. You know, you talk about because we work with uh, a guy named Jelly Roll. Ian Lario is one of the guys that work for us. He uh, he's with Jelly Roll right now. I couldn't be with Jelly because of obviously Tyson, um, phenomenal singer, artist, and stuff like that. He's just trying to lose down. I think you know he's he's in the four four hundred range. You know what I mean? So he's trying to get down. So you know his lifestyle just improves and stuff like sure. that, of that nature. But um, Tyson is somebody that's dealt with that a lot. You know, like what Dan's talking about, like the psychology of nutrition sometimes is more important than the physiology. You know what I'm saying? If I can change your thought process, then I can change your lifestyle. Um, so we, we started something with Tyson. You know, like I haven't actually told us. It's it's launched, but it's called the uh, Tyson Fury Plan. If you go to TysonFuryPlan.com, it'll literally give you the food that he eats, the recipes, the portion size directly, you know, for your body. But somebody like him, you know, he, you know, I think he wanted that out there as well. So he didn't, <laughs> between me and you, but so when I first met Tyson, he was, uh, he was a lot like me and a lot like me in the terms of like, just cook some slop, throw it on my plate. Let me eat. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And they, they brought me in and um, they're like, no, Tyson, you need, you need a professional. And I, I was like, dude, I want to go out for this one. Cause I seen him on Joe Rogan. And I'm like, dude, I want, I want to meet this guy. Yeah. So um, went out there and I actually cooked him up a, a, a proper meal. And he was like this, you know, this is, <laughs> and I was like, right. Like, <laughs> and you know, the thing is, is fight camp. There's nothing to look forward to. You know, you wake up, you go train, you come back, you eat, you go back. Train, but then when a fighter is like, 
coming back, Tyson would come back from training, like, what are we eating? You know, he's excited about that. Yeah. You know, like, it just gives you, like, that extra pump. Like, okay, I'm going to blow his mind today. What am I going to make today? You know, so, yeah, it's in, a, like I said, an evolution and a lot of things, like, in the in the burner right now. What's the go-to for Tyson Fury? Go-to? Um, okay, so uh, Pokey is one of his uh, favorites. He never had Pokey before he uh, worked with me. I was like, you want Pokey? He's like, what is that? Um, I don't know what that is. Pokey? It's like a, it's like a, it's like a raw fish with uh, seasoning. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like ponzu sauce, soy sauce, sesame seeds, but you got a lot of pickled things. You, know, you can do it tons of different ways. Um, but it's, it's a real healthy dish. I think it's a, is it a Hawaiian dish. Yeah, it's very Hawaiian. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it's a Hawaiian okay. dish. Take an ahi, take an ahi with an ahi as the base. Ahi tuna is the base. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Um, I got you. But, um, yeah, it's, it's it's raw and it's funny. I'm like, dude, half the shit that he really likes is the shit I'm not cooking. Like, <laughs> He's making it really I'm easy I'm like, I'm, like, I'm like, but does that tell me something? Like, is my cooking that good? <laughs> He's like, wow, this is amazing. What'd you do? I'm like, I cut it, okay? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But, yeah. no, he likes that. He actually likes spicy food. Really? Yeah, I'll cook up, uh, you know, like, I'm half Mexican, so, man, I, man my mom um, you know, I was raised with jalapenos and stuff like that, and I'm thinking like, fuck, I'm going to go work with an Englishman. They, you know, and I didn't, I didn't know that they're used to a lot of spicy food too. I just, I don't know why, stereotyped that one. But I wouldn't have thought, I wouldn't have thought that either. Though, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he loves spice, man. And like, I'll, I'll, I'll lay it on thick, and he's like, yes, it's good, George. I'm like, damn, dog. Right, you know, <laughs> okay. so, but yeah, those are his two go-to: <laughs> spicy, like pokey, like seafood, and then he also likes like fried rice. I make it like super healthy, made out of cauliflower. And that's one thing about Tyson. He doesn't like vegetables at all. He will not eat vegetables. And they're like, well, how are you going to get them? I'm like, because I don't like vegetables. I'm the worst nutritionist in the world. I hate vegetables, <laughs> right? So I learned, but I learned how to cook them in a, in, a, in a fashion where you cannot even taste them. You know, his buddy, his brothers were like, there's no way he's going to eat that. I'm like, give, give me a sec. Boom. Yeah. And he, he pounds it. So, you know. That's, that's what separates you from the other guys, yeah, that right. kind of things. No one that no one how to make those vegetables yeah. appeal to the people Absolutely. that don't like vegetables. That's we, a big deal. That's we a, make uh, we make the cauliflower. Not everybody bites, can do that. Like buffalo chicken, like yeah. buffalo cauliflower bites. Yeah, we, yeah. we make those. Oh yeah, you do what now? Buffalo cauliflower bites. That sounds terrible, dude. It's really. Good. I mean, I believe yeah, you. No. I believe you that yeah. it's good. Yeah, and I'm I'm being serious when I say that. It sounds terrible, but if you say it's good, it probably is. You know what's crazy is the the girl I'm dating is uh partially vegan we're trying to pull her away from it but um have one of those but, in my house but she always does she always does i always mess with her and she's like she just brought up these buffalo cauliflower things that she was going to make i'm going to make these buffalo cauliflower thing with this jackfruit that tastes like i was like and I, my my joke is always my joke is always like do you ever notice we're trying to make plant-based stuff taste like meat no one's out there trying to make meat, meat taste like, like a plant that's right never that's yeah. right never in the history of the world has someone tried to make meat taste like plants so yeah. The buffalo cauliflower. Back yeah. to that. So, yeah. what does it what does it resemble? A chicken nugget, like really? a buffalo chicken bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have never eaten a chicken nugget, then yes, it would resemble a chicken. Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, on the other hand, have had a chicken nugget, <laughs> so I would stick with a chicken nugget. <laughs> it goes, it goes right <laughs> that whole mental thing. How, that how bad do you want it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it looks like a nugget. Bri Bri it smells <laughs> like a nugget. It's, it doesn't like taste shit. like a nugget. <laughs> Brittany tries to, she was talking about the jackfruit. We were going to make, she was going to make barbecue, like uh, barbecue with the jackfruit. You string it, I guess you do, we had to string it out with a fork. What is jackfruit? Go, That's what I said too yesterday to, to the grown day. I'm like, what exactly is jackfruit? She goes, it's jackfruit fruit. I go, it's jackfruit fruit? Like it's a, <laughs> you add the extra fruit to it? I don't, I don't know what jackfruit is. <laughs> I don't, dude, I don't know what it is. Like I a, still don't know I what it is. Oh, man. 
So it's a, it's a it's a fruit. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah. I don't know. Is it not native to here? I don't think so. I'll look it up later. I don't think so. Okay. So how are you eating jackfruit? Uh, you just shred it with a fork and dump barbecue sauce on it and eat it on a bun like a barbecue sandwich. I mean, I feel like you dump barbecue sauce on anything. It's like back in the day when they're like, when everyone hated okra, but then they're like, well, there's fried okra, though. You're like, yeah, no, I feel shit, like you, if you fry oh, anything, fried it tastes like the same thing. Like, good, man. I feel like if you put... George got me into um, spaghetti squash, which I actually oh, love. Oh, I like that. Love yeah. spaghetti. Yeah, that's not bad. That. That's yeah. I don't eat spaghetti because yeah. pasta makes me feel really bloated, so I love right. spaghetti squash. But uh, but I just feel like that um, you guys have been abusing cauliflower. Can y'all just let cauliflower be cauliflower? Can we do that? <laughs> I don't like cauliflower. But, oh, man. Dude, that is like my go-to with Tyson. He had like nine times out of ten, even know, like, and the thing is, is his, his brothers will be like, oh, what'd you put in there? And he, like, he's got a, he's got a rule. Do not tell me. I don't want to hear what is in there. I don't want to know what's in there until after you're done eating. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think the way that a lot of people do cook the, the cauliflower, like the cauliflower rice stuff like that, like, it's it's more about texture than anything. People don't realize texture is just about everything. Yep. It's not hard to get the seasoning down. It's the texture that, mm-hmm. that, that makes the biggest difference. Yeah. That's my two I, bits on cauliflower. I'm going to make some cauliflower buffalo bites, and I'm going to take them to your house. Really? Yeah. I'll eat them if they're yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. I want to try it. Yeah, it's not bad. So yeah, I do want to try it. I try to because I, I hope I, I like I it. A, I, mean, I think I tried the uh, cauliflower, um, cauliflower pizza crust. That's oh. good. No, I, I like it. it. Is it good? Yeah, I like it's it. It's not bad. See, it's, it's not easier bad. if you it's go not, in... It's not pizza. No, it's, yeah. not, it's not bad. It's yeah, not. Don't don't lie to your don't lie yeah. to yourself. It's not pizza. <laughs> it's it's easier but going into it hoping you like it because I hope I like cauliflower bites because that's something I want to start eating. Yeah, you know, but you know, because I know I don't like cauliflower. It's kind of like my in-laws. I, I hope they're going to like me. You know what? I don't yeah. think it's going to work. You know out. what I think it is? I think I think cauliflower is so kind of tasteless yeah. that yeah. you can do a lot with it because like tofu. it's right, like tofu. It's it's kind of tasteless. So I think if you mess with it flavor-wise, I was saying Andrew that cauliflower is kind of tasteless. Yeah, it is. So I think if you mess with it, you can change it into something. That makes else. sense because you're not covering up a whole lot. Right. Well, you look at rice. Yeah. Have you ate rice by itself? Yeah. How many people like rice by itself? Like just white rice. You need to, it's not exactly the tastiest thing. It needs it, at least salt. It tastes Three billion Asians. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what point. happened was good point. Listen, but I, okay. I'm not even gonna pretend like I'm cultured. You get a, I'm, you I'm get a point there. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think I'm, okay, okay. No, oh. I get what you're saying. I, I'm with you, but I'm saying in America, uh, <laughs> not around these parts. In these Southern America is a different story altogether. You better get some salt on that, and it better not be in that pink shit. Right. Exactly. Well, man, like whatever you cook rice with, it 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 absorbs that flavor. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Same thing with the cauliflower. Like you. Because it doesn't taste like anything, it'll absorb whatever flavor you're cooking with. And like I said, you get that texture right, man. You can you can make a killing. See, that yeah. makes sense. It's good. That's 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 a good. Point. Yeah. You know, you did you did your parents ever do that? My mom made like I, I'm surprised. Like all of us are we're in pretty good shape, but um, I thought rice had. I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. I thought rice had sugar and butter in it. Like <laughs> there's no other kind of rice. I thought rice was a dessert. Right. Right. Sounds really as a good. kid. Oh, right. it's so good. Right. But I thought right, and I haven't had it after you know after getting out of my hometown. I was like. There's no sugar and butter in this rice. Like, <laughs> this rice. I, th- I thought gra- rice. I thought gravy just was part of the rice. Like, oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You thought yeah. when you made it, they separated themselves. So yeah. They were already together. That's right. Gravy there rice. Was, that's right. Yeah. It, it came on top of that chicken fried steak or whatever was sitting on top of the yeah. rice. There you yeah. go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the South, man. We like our gravy. We like our fried foods. It's not easy to stay thin in the South. 
Well, George and Dan, I gotta. I want to know what what's going on with you right now. What what are we working on right now? What what is the new thing that we can be looking forward to for you guys uh, with uh, Lockhart and Leith Nutrition? Um, well, we got coming out. We already obviously have our, our weight cut specialist certification out. We're working on the culinary cert. Saturday, I take off to go work with Tyson for the Wilder three fight. Um, hopefully. I'll come back, spend some time with the family, and then uh, they're talking about the Anthony Joshua fight, November, December time frame, which really? you know, I think that would solidify everything. And the, the way that Tyson trains, he doesn't like time off, man. He's been trying to stay active this entire time. It's just a lot of people dragging around. Yeah, man, legal stuff. But besides that, we also have, like I said, uh, the Tyson Fury plan. If you look it up, it's TysonFuryPlan.com. Um, literally walks through what he eats, recipes, uh Grocery list, everything you can think of. So you can um, eat that and without training like that? Yes. Uh, I'll tell you this. At the end of the day, like, nobody trains harder than Tyson. Nobody. Um, nobody that I've worked with. Okay. I'll, I'll put it like that. Um, but with that being said, people look at him. They're like, Dude, like, you cannot out-train a bad diet. You know what I mean? I can get somebody shredded eating healthy food. I cannot get somebody shredded working out eating shit. Yeah. Just not going to happen. So, um, you know, you you're going to be surprised when you guys see him in there this next time because this uh, I've been out there twice since the last fight, um, and we've done mock camps. And this last mock camp, he wanted to lose 30 pounds in 30 days. We lost 30 pounds in 30 days. Um, so we just we just wanted to get rid of as much body fat. So when the fight camp actually started, we could start building muscle. So, I mean, he's going to, he's going to look it's like a totally different person. Totally awesome. 100%, yeah, bro. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to cheer for him because he's a guy that's easy to cheer for. <laughs> and he <laughs> yeah. really is. Yes. It's hard not to like that guy. Very hard. Dan, what you got, buddy? Yeah, I mean, George hit most of it. You know, I think the other big thing that we have coming out to look forward to, especially for those that are going through the WCS course, our, our uh, nutrition training course, is our new nutrition app that we have coming out this summer. So it'll be available on the App Store. For Apple, it'll be on the Google Play Store. Uh, and it's the second iteration of our online nutrition program. But uh, everything that, that uh, we do with our fighters, the way that we do all our programming, every algorithm we use to develop for workout shakes, post-workout shakes, the amount of calories you're getting throughout the day, how it's broken down, uh, all of that stuff is, is going to be available through our uh, our application that we're, we're developing right now. So we've been working on it for a number of years. It's something we're really proud of, and uh, you know that's something to look forward to. I, you know, especially if you're you're interested in pursuing some uh, a similar career path to George and I, and, and you're interested in helping athletes with. Uh, their nutrition it's going to be a great tool uh, for those that are interested in doing it so that's something great to look forward to and uh yeah other than that i'm just trying to keep up with lockhart man the guy's uh always evolving always learning and so uh if my nose isn't in a book uh, or in front of my computer i'm going to be behind you know it's a nice thing about having uh, a business partner who's your best friend is you know if you fall behind you're going to hear about it so uh just grinding trying to get better you know that's all so now you guys, you, you're going to have shakes. You're, you guys are going to have your own line of shakes or, or are y'all working on that? Is hey, that something that's hey Dan, happening? do you want to get into the supplement line of things? Is it yeah, coming? I mean, it coming? You know, yes. It should. To I mean, answer yeah. your question, yes, it is. It's something that George is joking about because it's been a, uh, a long, <laughs> long process. But, uh, yeah, we, we have uh, an intra-workout, a post-workout, a post-weigh-in, uh, coming out we're also working on a an immune support supplement for fight camp uh called full guard so there's a couple of products we have coming out but they're all in development still 
Uh, our goal is to try to have them out by the end of the year, but um, you know, our focus is, was primarily getting the the content for the for the online course. Now that that's out and the app is is basically getting sent out to uh, Apple for approval, and so now we have some more time to focus on it and dive back into the the supplement side of things. And and uh, yeah, so our intentions are to have those and have them support our our program. You know, so uh, when you're seeing things in the course, when you're learning about how we do our rehydration shake. Uh, if you don't want to have to do all the math and get like, you know, eight teaspoons to travel around with and our, our supplementation will be built so that you don't need any of that. You can just take two scoops based on how much weight you cut um, kind of a thing versus having to do all the math, measure all the sodium and potassium and everything you need uh, down to the gram. So, uh, you know, it's not just going to be a standard post-workout supplement. There's going to be quite a lot more that goes into it. So, uh, we're really excited about it, but yeah, again, I, I'm hoping the end of the year we'll have all those for sale as well. Awesome! And is, is do you guys have a name for the app yet? Uh, yeah, so it's called Pro Meal Plan. Okay, uh, is is the name of the app, and uh, it's fully white white label capable. So our our coaches that go out and they they get certified under us if they want to use it, they can use their own branding on the application. Their clients will only see their program, so. Uh, it's a way for mainly for trainers to manage and scale up what they what they're doing. I mean, if you're trying to hand write, uh, you know, a hundred programs, I mean, you're never going to go to sleep. Yeah, you're never no going to have. So it's, it's going to be, it's, yeah. And so it's a it's a helpful tool in that respect. You know, you can get it, put your own branding on it. Your clients will use it uh, and and only interact with you. Um, but it'll help you scale up your business quite That's a lot, fantastic. where you don't have to. The algorithms are built in. It's going to you know, update for you. And then now you're just managing those accounts, you know, and, and doing more of what coaches we think are supposed to do is the, the person to person interaction and help with the psychology part of the nutrition, uh, rather than just sitting in front of a calculator and trying to all day long, okay, I need to make this adjustment. I need to change this. The app's doing that. It's learning what the, from the inputs coming in and making adjustments as you would have to do anyway. Right. I, so just doing it automatically. I would have loved to have had something like that back in the day. I mean, yeah. that would have been great. I probably would have not fired so many clients of mine. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. Uh, I mean, I, this thing even generates them a grocery list based on their oh, program. Wow. For the week. I mean, and then like, as you're at the grocery store, you're just on your app and you're just checking off things off your grocery list on your app. And I mean, it's got recipes built into it. So, if you say, I want, you know, chicken parmesan on Tuesday night for dinner and that's in your program, your grocery list has every ingredient you need in the exact amount so you don't over-purchase. Genius. Um, that's, yeah, it's, it's that's a really huge. cool thing. Huge. Yep. Dan, I was going to add to that, man. I, I think uh, you and I talked about it when I was in Detroit a couple weeks ago. Um, I put these guys on a baseline diet about, I guess it's been about a month ago when I did the finance uh, podcast. But uh mm-hmm. Both of them are seeing pretty good results from it. And um and, and I think uh I think they're they're a good uh crash test dummy for this new program. Yeah, I'm all about we it. We build them we build them a white label cigar store idiots, get their listeners yeah. on it, get these guys uh you know, you get these guys started, get them on a program. And um and man, I think uh they they've already they're already starting to see results and I wrote them a basic macro based, you know, based one hundred percent based on um you and George's ideas, but uh they're both seeing results from it already. And uh I say that we uh you know we use them as um use them to kick off the new program and, and get them a get them a program get them both on the program and and you know it's something they can push to the listeners and start yeah. uh, start building a absolutely uh, cigar store that. that would be fantastic and accountability. No, let's plan. do it, guys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's a great idea, Tony. I, yeah, let's let's absolutely do it. I mean, it's uh we're a few weeks away and and uh, once we got it up on the app store, we'll we'll send all the info over to you guys and get get one set up for for the podcast and then uh, we'll get you guys rocking and rolling. 
Awesome. You man. got a feel for it now. We'll get the, the listeners on there too. But yeah, that's a great idea, Tony. I love that, man. Okay. Yeah. I, I would absolutely love to do that. Yes. I cannot thank you guys enough for coming in. Oh, I mean, it's, so yeah, I was tickled to death to know that you guys were coming on and talking to us. Uh, still kind of surreal. Uh, us doing this podcast and the people that we've got to talk to, which is really, it's, it's still kind of one of it's them pinch, the me, pinch me moments. So, <laughs> but, uh, but thank you so much for coming in. I know y'all are super busy and y'all have so much going on. And you are always welcome here anytime you're back in town. Dan, when you come back, come to come to, to the dirty south, look us up, and uh, we'll let you uh, cook up something. That we'll let us try it out. So, That's Yeah, right. let's do it, guys. Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, let's do this again, man. It, it's uh, really cool. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate I'm going to go ahead and cut you, buddy, and I appreciate it. No Take worries, guys. Take it easy, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Later, brother. Thank you, sir. George, thank you uh, so much for coming in. I really do appreciate it. Tony, thank you for coming in again. Again, always you're always welcome here. So, uh, and uh, anything I can ever do or we can do to help you guys in the future with anything, just feel free to to ask, and we'll be, we'll do what we can to help you. So, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, thanks thank you. Always right. fun, man. All right, guys, stay safe. Take care.